truth, justice, and the American way, Dan Kaplan. Well, the American way is free speech, which means we need six hours today, Ryan. So use your connections in the West Wing. Get us four more because I have seen very few Mondays like this in in almost 30 years of doing talk radio. Wow. Where do you want to start? I mean, I mean that literally. Where do you want to start? 855-405-8255, the number. You can text me, Dan, D-A-N-57739. I'll give you a few ideas here. You're not limited to any of these. But but how about if we start with the border bill? Wait a second. The Democrats have opened up the border for obvious political reasons. You can't trust them with anything when it comes to the border. So the only border bill that makes sense is one that builds the wall. It's that simple. If they're not willing to build the wall... None of the rest of this matters. You know why? Because they would have to execute it. They would have to enforce it. You can see whether they're building a wall or not. You just need one little bill there. We're going to build the wall. Here's how much we're going to spend. Okay? That should be paragraph one. If they're not willing to do that, none of the rest of this can be counted on. None of the rest of this can be trusted. And if if they say, oh, no, you can trust us because America is this and Americans in that trouble. Yeah, Americans in all that trouble. But if they were trustworthy, if they were serious about closing the southern border, not so we can keep everybody out, but so we can decide who comes in. If they were serious about that, paragraph one would be we're building the wall. So we can talk about uh, the border deal. And you know how it's going to play out already, right? I mean, you you know the dance here. And, and the dance is going to be the Democrats saying, oh, no, the borders of Republicans fault. We had this bill. It would have fixed everything. And everybody in America, except those who have already decided to vote for the Democrat nominee, whoever that's going to be, we know it's not going to be Joe Biden. Everybody else in America will, they may need medical care. They're going to laugh so hard, they may need to go to the ER. Because nobody, nobody is going to buy this outside the Democrat hardcores. Everybody has seen what Trump did at the border, and everybody's seen what Biden did at the border. So this is on the Dems. And listen, if they if they handed out a bill that says we're going to build the wall, I'd say sign me up. But that's not what they're doing, which tells you everything. Isn't to the casual observer even, Dan, somebody that's a low-information voter that only occasionally catches the news, it was not that long ago. Uh, again, I'm, not, I'm trying not to gaslight myself that Alejandro Mayorkas... Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, any prominent Democrat, Pelosi, name them, said the border border was exactly what? It was secure. So how did we go from it was secure on their watch? I might add with two years of total Democrat rule in Washington, executive in both houses of Congress, they had a chance two years to do something that could have been totally partisan. They didn't do it. They ignored it. It wasn't a problem. The border was secure. And now it's not, and it's Republicans' fault. How? How? That goes back to my point. Nobody's going to buy it, okay? And and that leads us to one of the most delicious moments in American political history. Because you have had the left very consciously and deliberately treating the people south of the border as subhuman, as some kind of political pawns, trying to magnetize them to make this very dangerous journey up to the American border, knowing that lots of women get raped, 
children get abused, etc. But you've got the left just insidiously magnetizing these people up to the southern border. You've got the left, which has opened up the southern border so they could get a permanent majority by turning enough of those folks into Democratic votes. You've got all these lefty politicians up here, like the Polises and the Johnstons and the Bidens and all of them holier than you, right? Holier than you. Because you're a racist if you want the border closed, and they're so enlightened. But now that sanctuary cities are getting what they ask for, which is flooded with migrants, oh, no, we got to close the border. Guess what? Guess who has the power right now? The Republicans have the power right now. And, and that is a very delicious moment because the Democrats are begging for this deal, not because they're at all serious about closing the border, but they need some political cover. Because if they were at all serious about closing the border, paragraph one would be build the darn wall. And if they're ready to build the wall, I'd say let's do it, even though it would give them political cover. Screw that. America comes first. But since they're not ready to build the wall, it would be idiotic, insane. It would be it would be horrible for this nation to let them perpetuate a fraud. That, that they're, they actually care about closing the border? They're actually going to close the border? Why would you want to be part of perpetuating a fraud on the American people? So unless they're willing to build the wall, it's, it's a fraud. 855-405-8255, it's, it's a dangerous fraud for people south of the border who are being lured up. And it's a burdensome fraud because America can't handle it, can't handle the volume. 855-405-8255, the number. So... As uh, Bill Murray would say, we got that going for us. An appropriate reference after the uh, AT&T at Pebble Beach that got washed out. But a, a local kid winning the tournament. So that was nice to Did see. they just conclude Shortened that to 54 holes. Yeah, yeah. three rounds. Okay. Yeah. 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 I was confused because I was watching on Sunday, and I saw that they were in a, a weather you know, postponement, and they were re-airing footage from Saturday. So Kelly, being the Californian, I reached out to her, and she said, yeah, they were having some kind of existential yeah. flooding and yeah. storms. And, and I don't know the guy, but but he's a local guy. Wyndham Clark went to nice. Valor. Yeah. We share a golf coach. <laughs> it has to be the funniest thing ever, right? <laughs> Why aren't you about, out there winning, right? Dan? Because <laughs> he has talent and I don't. But it, but it just shows it just shows how wonderful these golf coaches are, right? One day they're coaching a real player. The next day it's like worse than a hack. 855-405-8255, the number. Though I can... I can hit it further than a lot of these guys who make money doing it. I just don't know what direction it's going. So we can talk about that. We can do some more smile inducement, such as the latest polling over the weekend. Uh, but, but one of the things that stood out in the polling, and the polling generally continues to be very good for Trump, right? You know the drill. It's still always fun to talk about. But here's the fresh angle that jumped off the page at me this weekend, and it came from NBC. Now, before I give you this good news, Please, let's remember. I know you already know this, but let's remember it. When we talk about all these lefty pollsters who are delivering all this bad news for Biden right now, it's because they want to drive Biden out of the race. Once either Biden makes it clear he's staying, which he may do for as long as he can, but he's he's still not going to beat their nominee come election day. He's not going to be their candidate. They will start to rework these polls. If they believe that Biden is actually going to stay in the race and not succumb to the pressure to get out, they will start to rework the polls to tilt in his favor, right? I mean, they can do this a hundred different ways. We've seen this this dance before. But right now, these polls are accurate. There can be no doubt about it. And here's, here's what was so stunning to me. They did their polling 
on, okay, where are you at right now? And yeah, yeah, Trump's winning by five, six, seven points more if you throw in the independent candidates. But the fun question, Ryan, what if Trump is convicted of a felony before Election Day? What are you going to do then, voters? Get this, in the NBC poll, which you know is rigged in, in the Democrats' favor, in the NBC poll, Trump only loses by two if he's convicted. That's if there's a felony conviction before Election Day, he only loses by two. Now, we know historically, you know, that the polls have underestimated Trump's support. The, the other reason that this poll should put such a smile on your face if you're a Trump supporter is, wait a second, even if he's convicted of a felony before Election Day, he only loses by two. But, but that assumes that people think he's actually guilty. When he's convicted, I mean, you could very well have a trial where he's convicted and most people walk away saying that was a farce, that there's no way he was guilty of that charge. Wait, real quick, Dan, too. I mean, I want to get to the basis of how this question was asked, how it was phrased, to whom it was asked. A low information voter that's just off the street that doesn't follow this stuff like yeah. you and I do is like, well, what if Trump was convicted well, of a felony? Like if he went out and murdered a guy and then, oh, well, yeah, I guess that would change my opinion. That's from a person that might not know well, the nature of the charges right. or if they're legit or but, not. But isn't that the beauty of this? Yes. That that you got all these people who think, oh, convicted of a felony, unless some really nasty. Even then. He's within the margin of error. <laughs> what does that say so about Biden? That, that's the beauty of this. And there are so many different ways. And I've got to hit this hard break. But love your thoughts. 855-405-8255. Text Dan, D-A-N, 57739. There are so many different ways this could explode in Trump's favor. The beauty of this poll is, even in this worst-case scenario where he's convicted of a felony before Election Day... He's still within the margin of error. So lots more to talk about. Want to come back, talk about a second national poll of Colorado voters in the presidential race. you got to hear this. Is the worm turning in Colorado? Is it now official? And we'll talk about Joe Biden, unfortunately, sending a loud and clear message to the enemy that you can kill Americans and get away with it. You're on the Dan Kaplan Show. stunning numbers. They really are, Christian. And let's just start with the bottom line. When you ask folks, hey, if it's the general election and it's Trump versus Biden, our poll, Donald Trump now leads Joe Biden by five points. Compare that to the last time we polled back in November. Trump was ahead then, but it was only by two points. It's even more significant when you look at it this way. Over time, we have been testing for five years now, going back to 2019, a Biden-Trump matchup. Remember, 2019, 2020, Joe Biden led. He led big in every Every single one of our polls for the first time in November, Donald Trump pulled ahead in our poll. And now at five points, this is the biggest lead NBC has ever had in 16 polls for Donald Trump over Joe Biden. And guess what? Breaking news. Joe Biden ain't Benjamin Button. He's not getting any younger. And, and that's what's really driving these polls. There are a lot of other reasons to be negative on Biden. But anybody with a brain can, can see that the, the guy can't function anymore. He can't function anymore, so it's only going to get worse for him. But and wait, there's more. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, okay. Here's here's more on MSNBC. 
undergirding all of this is this question of he is the incumbent Joe Biden. We ask voters, what do you think of the job he's doing? And look at that, Kristen, 37 percent approve and now 60 percent disapprove. And we should say that is the lowest approval rating since former President George W. Bush's second term. So why do you think you get all of this drama? From these guys. I mean, (laughs) it's not just the facts they're delivering. It's the way they're doing it. It's the tone. The the worst numbers since his second term. Why do you think? Because that's conscious. These are very smart people. They don't do anything without a reason. Unfortunately, sometimes bad. Why do you think that is? If this were a boxing match, Dan, I know you love boxing as much as I do. And this is Rocky versus Drago and Trump's Rocky. He's taken their best shot. Who's Drago? It, It is well, Biden and the Democrats, the whole machine, yeah, the whole apparatus yeah, is yeah. that block. But to my point, it's gotten as bad as it's going to get for Trump. He's taken their best punch and he's still standing and he's gaining ground in that NBC poll. It's as good as it's ever been for Biden. Those days are behind him. It's never going to get better. It's not going to get better for Biden between now, February 5 and November 5. Well, it's going to get a whole lot better for Trump. In a lot of different ways, assuming Trump wants it to get better for Trump. And I think he does. I know he does. But here's the thing. As we listen to more of the tone here, we listen to how how devastated they are by these numbers, how jazzed up they are. Keep in mind what they're trying to do is they're trying to drive Biden out of the race. And it's, put that in further context, too. Bush in his second term wasn't running for re-election. Here's the presidents who were running for re-election in our poll starting their re-election year. What was their approval rating? Bush was over 50. He won. Obama was almost at 50. He won. Trump, four years ago, was 46. He lost. Look how low Biden's number is compared to those predecessors at this point. Yes. Yeah, so, so, again, keep listening for their tone. Now, their tone is going to change dramatically. Once they reach the point where they conclude that Biden's staying in, then it's going to be, well, here's how Biden's going to win. But right now, they're trying to drive him out. Their number's all much bigger than yeah. President Biden. It, it shows you the yeah. improvement Biden has to make here yeah. in the coming months. The issues that are driving this, too, the economy, no surprise, we've been talking about it. But look at that advantage for Trump, 22 points and securing the... Do you hear that? Wow. I mean, it's like both of them. It's not gender, but it's like cheerleaders that, wow, yeah, go, Joe, go out of the race. Order here, folks, a very important Trump with a 35-point advantage. The economy is so striking, Steve, because jobs are up, inflation is down. Voters aren't giving him credit for that. Yeah, there are a couple areas in here I think where Democrats see see potential opportunities to grow Biden's support. Certainly, they are hoping the economy, folks, change their perceptions of it and start rewarding Biden for it. That's what they're hoping, certainly. Uh, What world do they live in? I don't know. I mean, the real world economy, I mean, you can have your statistics, but where real people live, do you think anybody's feeling that inflation's down? Have you tried buying food? Have have you tried going out to eat? Uh, What do you tell me, Ryan? Which cut? 14, 1, 4. I can count. Oh, yeah, this is a great cut. This is a great cut. This is, uh, these are black voters in a barbershop. Their number's all much bigger than President Biden. It it shows you the improvement Biden has to make here. There are some people in your orbit who are either voting for Donald Trump or considering it? For sure. A lot of my friends are obviously my age, so we're a little younger. We've only voted once, you know, for actual president. And Trump is kind of all we know. And they're kind of Trump and Biden. They're like, well, we were broke with Biden. We weren't with Trump. 
And that's kind of the only thing that I'm hearing over and over again, over and over again, is that, well, Trump, we had money. Well, okay. <laughs> we were broke with Biden. With Trump, we had money. That's That's got to turn into a spot, right? It's awesome. Broke with Biden, that's got to turn into a spot. Same poll, Hispanics, yeah. plus yeah. one for oh, yeah. Trump. For Trump. Yeah. And I swear, Dan, from the anecdotal evidence I've I've heard, and that's part of it, what you just played, I think black men might tip this election for Donald Trump. I think that particular well, demographic. Yeah, because it wouldn't take much of a shift. And, and with Latino voters, there's a steady, steady shift in Republicans' favors, and in favor and particularly Trump's. With, with, the, with black voters, it wouldn't take much of a shift at all. No. But here's the question. Here's the question for everybody out there, but particularly for our, our Democrat friends, is what's going to change this? <laughs> What's going to change this in Biden's favor, to be more precise? He's not going to get any younger. He, he's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And I'll tell you, well, I'll do it now. It'd be an unfair tease. I'll tell you what can change it. I'm not saying it can change it enough, but it can change it. A couple of things. One is, first, Biden is not going to be the candidate on Election Day for the Democrats. So the sooner they make that change, well, then it's, then it's going to be a different issue, right? And it depends on who their candidate is. The other thing that could change it is as if, if Biden is, in fact, going to try to to limp to Election Day, if they're going to try to pull a weekend at Bernie's and strap him to the top of the car and haul him around until Election Day and try to convince people he's functioning, well, then it would be a change in VP because everybody would know at that point, you, you sw- and nobody's going to vote for Kamala Harris to be president. That's been proven before. You switch her out for whether it's Michelle Obama or Gavin Newsom, and then people know, okay, it may say Biden on the ballot, but that's a carcass. I'm I'm really voting for the VP. I'm not saying that's going to be good enough for them unless it's Michelle Obama, but it would would shift the battlefield. How late in the whole election cycle, Dan, we're nine months out right now, as of right now, how late would be too late for the Democrats to pull any kind of switcheroo? Well, they're going to do it at the convention. Uh, unless they, they don't, unless Joe Biden now, passes then? before, and I don't they, wish him they anything know what they else. Know, the and they know front. what they know, and it's baked into the cake right now. Why not do it right now? Well, Biden is still fogging up a mirror, right? And he's still president, and he's still got powers, and he's a stunningly, it appears, selfish individual. So Biden isn't ready to go. But it, it'll happen by the convention. And, and every day he stays there is good for donald trump so let's say let's hope he stays as long as possible you're on the dan kaplan show I believe we're going to have a terrorist attack 100%. 100%. You know, during my term, I had no terrorist attacks. You know that, right? So they'll be I had, I had. What are they? I had all sorts of bans on people from certain countries. I had bans all over the place. We had no attack. I had nothing. Sad but true. I mean, the left deliberately opens up the border. We know we have all these people streaming in from over 100 different countries. It would be impossible for any rational person to believe that, that you did not have the evil of of the Iranian regime, Hezbollah, Hamas, etc., coming in through the, the southern border. Why would anybody ever think that? Let's go down to the state legislature. Our privilege to talk with Representative Ron Weinberg, who's doing such a great job standing up to 
uh, the, the anti-Semitic element there, and had another just uh, deeply disturbing run-in at the Capitol today. Representative Weinberg, welcome back to the Dan Kaplan Show. Hey, Dan. Thanks. It's good to be here. Thank you, my friend. Uh, if you would, for those who haven't seen it in the news yet, can you describe what happened? Um, today was very odd. Um, promises made, promises kept, and nothing comes through again hmm. um, all the time. And it just looks like a, another spit on the Jewish community, to be quite frank. And this was, as I understand it, I, I wasn't there, I'm just working off of media reports, but this was a case where I believe you had a, a number of relatives of victims of the demonic atrocities of October 7, who you wanted to bring onto the floor of the House and, and have addressed the House, is that right? And then the Democrats prevented that? that that's very correct. So there was an agreement made, um, this had to be done in a lot of secret and quiet just to avoid um, terrorism at its core here at our state capitol. So two weeks we provided, my office provided the information that was necessary, and up until last night we had a plan, and then that plan was derailed um, moments before I was bringing in um, people that have had uh, atrocities committed and their whole lives having to be turned upside down for what happened in October 7th. So, um, yeah, it was uh, wow. a big change of plans and, and very, very devastating for the people that were invited from a, a whole well, different country. And I want to ask you about the reasoning that was offered. Uh, the Kyle Clark report, quote, a delegation of Israeli officials and representatives of six families of hostages and victims of the October 7 Hamas attack was turned away at the House doors Monday by House Speaker Julie McCluskey, Democrat. Please describe this scene as it unfolded, and, and what possible excuse did she offer for turning these people away? Yeah, it's... it's I, I must admit, it's a little bit of a harsh statement from his side, to be honest. They weren't turned away. It was... The Lossman decision, I think she got some safety kind of briefing. I, I don't really know what was going through her head. Uh, she's always been a very good friend of mine and been very kind to me. Uh, so I won't insinuate or assume, but the way that it was presented to me was that uh, the embarrassment of the families and the safety of the families were not in question in any way, shape, or form. And if there was anything that was going to, you know, instigate any of those, then they would uh, turn to the not being um, allowed on the house. It, it, but I, I don't understand it. I can't begin to understand it because we all know, let's say that this is a bunch of lefties, you know, who were were bringing in supporters of Hamas or whatever. Uh, they're not going to be treated this way. So unless I'm missing it, Representative Ron Weinberg, kind enough to be our guest, I'm not hearing any kind of rational explanation for barring these good people from the floor. Kaplan, you, you always got it nail on the head. Um, there was no reason, especially with today, um, everything that transpired. 
from what my understanding again is 46 people out of 65 are Democrats, and that's a lot. And I'm pretty sure there was a fear of not having the caucus, the Democratic caucus, under control. Wow. And there was going to be something that would... I get it now. So it, it, my guess from what I've heard so far is that this was a case where you've got the Democrats in power sitting there saying, you know what, we're in control of this state. And unless we really, really blow it, we're going to stay in control of this state. And if if we allow these good people to come in, and people start to see all this venom and hatred spewing from the Democrats on the House floor toward these good and great people from Israel, that could cost us power in Colorado. It seems to me that that's probably what was going on there. They they, they, they couldn't count on the Democrats to restrain themselves, and, and they thought the Democrats might go after these people, right? And talk about something that could flip the switch in Colorado in a hurry. It, it would be something like that. Dan, you're, you're saying something very powerful, which is, you know, if they blew it or if they blow it, they blew it. This this was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I am. How, how many times have I had to come onto your show to try and justify uh, being a Jewish Republican, <laughs> as we mm. call now the mm. the Junicorn? Uh, in the state. <laughs> that's, that's classic. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm getting, I'm getting sick of it. Yeah. We, we get, I get told one thing, and another thing happens. They're, they're protecting their reelections, which is clear at this point. And 2024 is a huge election tour. At minimum, if we get out of the super minority, you're talking about committee votes that will be flipped by one. Uh, as opposed to two or three, right, and right. like just we need we need more representation wow. down here because right now it's not it's not here. Wow! So it, so it seems to me what what the Democrats did today through this obscene act of of barring barring these wonderful people from the floor that these people happen to be Jewish and as I understand it these were uh, included some families of hostages and and families of victims of the attack. They knew they would come off looking anti-Semitic, but they thought they could get away with being this anti-Semitic. But if if they actually allowed the people on the floor and their delegation descended upon these good and innocent people like a pack of wolves, uh, that would be a level of obvious anti-Semitism that maybe the Democrats couldn't afford exposing. Right? I mean, is that the calculation? You know, I see what you're what you're cooking there i'm in your kitchen and i smell it and i don't know i i want to just try and be this naive give it the benefit of the doubt type but it it was today was not right there was no there was literally nothing at all wrong with the building there was no security threats um it was done respectfully in every way shape or form even after the fact that it was denied. And, yeah. We, well, we just... well, Representative Weinberg, in closing, in our last 30 seconds together, 
Where was our governor, Jared Polis? You would expect a little leadership on this. Uh, he works in the same building. Did, did we hear anything from him on on this obscene treatment of these these Jewish allies? So far, I haven't seen anything, and I'm I'm not a big social feed guy. Um, but no, I've I've not seen anything as of as of late. Yeah, I'd go look under his desk. Might find him there. But uh, <laughs> but but I appreciate. And you are the polar opposite. You stand up. You stand up, and, and I really respect that and appreciate it and appreciate you coming on the show today. Hey, Dan, you stand up too, man. Never forget that. I'm always grateful to be here. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. It's an open door for you. That's Representative Ron Weinberg fighting the good fight at the Capitol. Get your reaction to that. When we come back, we'll also be talking about the latest Colorado polling and the Democrats and may be starting to get very, very worried about whether they will lose power in Colorado. You're on the Dan Kaplan Show. And it seems like all is dying And would leave the world to mourn In the distance Representative Weinberg had Kelly and I rolling with his uh, self-description, self-description of being the unicorn. His word, unicorn. Yeah, right. Colorado General Assembly. So yeah. I had to find a sign. Being a Republican, House Rep. That too. Yeah. yeah. Well, which is, I think, what he was referring to when he labeled himself a unicorn, meaning a Republican Jew in the legislature. All of the I above. And from yes. South Africa. I mean, yes. Yeah. Yes. He's yes. a unique individual, and I like him a lot. Oh, we love having him on the show. And he has stood up. He's courageously stood up. Where's the yeah. governor been? And, and, and you know, you, you don't always I'll, mention this, too, Dan. I, I want to get this right. Jared Polis was raised Jewish, correct? Well, listen, I think Jared Polis, and I don't pay attention to this, but I can look it up. I think he self-describes as Jewish. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, and that's so what I was going to say is just like Representative Weinberg. But what a pathetic way to live, right? I mean, whether you see the world I do or you see it the opposite or whatever, we're not here for long, right? We are not here for long. And, and if we are so fortunate and blessed as to have a microphone, a podium, at least the theoretical chance to influence events, that then what a pathetic life to just go run and hide while you do political calculations. You know what I mean? I, it's got to be such an unsatisfying life instead of just standing up and, and stating what you believe and trying to stop bad things and do good things. Yeah, Polis just hides. Weinberg stands up. Here is uh, Mike Johnston, mayor of Denver. The question for us is, will National this materially TV. advance the security of the border and the safety of our cities and the humanitarian response we're trying to put together? We know we can support newcomers in being successful here. We need resources to do that. We need work authorization. I think anyone that, uh, that wants to know what that crisis looks like should come to cities like yeah. Denver where you know, we are at the breaking point. We do not have any more spaces and shelter, uh, and we don't want people on the streets. But without resources, we don't have a choice. He left off two really important words, and it would be hyphenated here which is self-created crisis. This, this is a crisis the left created through their sanctuary cities and their open borders. And, and, and you listen to this guy. Does he even listen to himself? Does he believe what he says? Oh, yeah, we can accommodate and help all these people. Today alone, they're throwing people out of shelters. They invite all these people up, right, through the sanctuary city stuff. And, and now they're throwing them out of shelters today onto the streets, 
onto the streets after taxpayers just paid an obscene amount of money just to drag a thousand people off the streets and throw them in hotel rooms, just paying the hotel nightly rate so Mike Johnson could claim a phony victory of having, quote, housed a thousand people. Well, how are you going to keep paying for them in hotels when you didn't address the underlying problems these folks face to begin with, right? And, and then now you're, you get more, like a busload of a hundred yesterday, and you're throwing people out on the street today. And and so the, it's all about, Ryan, what we've been talking about, right? Oh, no, no, now we need more of your money, says Mike Johnston and all these other Democrats. And now you need to change the laws to let the people coming in illegally work. Well, yeah, I, right. That's a great way to keep people south of the border from coming up here is, is let them know that if you make it here, you get to work legally. So it just goes back to how the left is using these folks from south of the border as pawns, just as pawns. It's really disturbing when you think about the fact that Johnston, he hasn't even reached the Eric Adams level of self-awareness where at least Adams and say, hey, look, we can't. There, there's no vacancy at the end. How can Mike Johnston, to your point, Dan, say in the same sentence, we know we can support newcomers. He calls them newcomers. Yeah. So he's still not putting up the no vacancy sign. He's still not saying, look, we're tapped out. We're at capacity. No more. We can't do this anymore. He still won't go there. Because he wants more. Yes. He wants more. It's what I've been talking about forever on this show. Do you ever hear Polis or Johnston or Biden or any of them say, don't come to our border. They never nope. say that. They want people coming to the border. <laughs> I, I think that's obvious to everybody right now. Right. So let me uh, shift gears here for a second. I want to make sure you hear this sound and we put this on the table as we get back to text and continue the conversation. Lindsey Graham. Our national security is in free fall. Look at the record for the last three years. This is a symptom of a greater problem. We withdrew from Afghanistan. The Taliban took over in 2021. Showing weakness, Putin invades Ukraine in 2022. In 2023, Hamas attacks Israel, killing more Jews than any time since the Holocaust. 2024, we're having Americans killed by Iranian proxies uh, in the Mideast. They're pushing us all over the place. Our national security is in free fall. Yeah, and what just happened is one of the worst abdications of responsibility, derelictions of duty we've seen in our lifetime. Joe Biden just sent the loud and clear message, as I predicted he would, the loud and clear message to evil. And, and that's what the you know, Iranian regime is. That's what Putin is. That's what Xi is. You know, that's what <laughs> Kim is. Just unadulterated evil. And he just sent the message. You can kill us. We won't kill you. You can kill our soldiers. We won't kill your soldiers. I don't want anybody killed. That that's why the message has to be sent to evil, that they will pay a price that they can't even imagine if they kill Americans. But Biden, cold, calculated, deliberate, sending the opposite message. So where do you expect that to end? By the way, Ryan, I haven't had time to, to check the details. CNN reporting in their newscast a few minutes ago that there's yet another attack on American troops from uh, Iran. So yeah. that, that the message Biden has decided to send is clear. You can kill American troops and we won't kill yours. So why do you think he's doing that? I'd love your thoughts. I've got my ideas. 855-405-8255, the number. Text exploding. I'll get to those out of the break as well. It's a rare open line Monday because there is so much going on in the world right now here in Colorado. Uh, the border bill. I want to talk with you about the border bill. See where you come down on it now based on what you know. I think that I can tell you 
all that any rational, common-sense, fair-minded person needs to know, which leads to an answer, which is no.